The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Amplified. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Welcome to Amplified. We are here in D.C. doing a live show, and we are very excited about another guest from Perfect Networker. Special thanks to Joyce White Nelson for reconnecting the past with the Perfect Networker platform with all the leaders that were making things happen in 2008 and are continuing to shake up the world. I also want to give a shout out to my brother, Jeff Spinard, who has his radio show, Finding Your Frequency, and who published his book through Perfect Publishing, Finding Your Frequency, Having Your Voice Heard and Broadcasted to Be Heard and Changing the World. So let's hear the bio, Andrea. Well, Rich Redman is an influential touring, recording drummer, percussionist based in Nashville, Tennessee, and Los Angeles, California. His versatile, dynamic, and rock-solid drumming is the sound behind many of today's top talents. He's a musical showman in the spirit of Gene Krupa, and Rich has toured, recorded, performed with Jason Aldean, Ludacris, Kelly Clarkson, Brian Adams, Joe Perry, Joel, Miranda, or Joel, I mean, Miranda Lambert, Luke Bryan, Eric Church, Brentley Gilbert, oh, Randy Owens, Jed Hughes, Jim Brickman, Sarah Evans. Can I go on? I mean, there's just so many. It's so amazing. And as this drumming powerhouse behind the Grammy-nominated megastar Jason Aldean, Rich has recorded 19 number one singles with sales well over the 10 million mark. As a high-energy showman, Rich places sold-out crowds in amphitheaters, arenas, and stadiums around the world and over 2 million fans per year. He's appeared on many of the late-night trail shows, such as The Voice, The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, The Tonight Show with Conan O'Brien, Conan, Jimmy Fallon, The Jimmy Kimmel Show, Craig Ferguson, Good Morning America, The Today Show, and The Michael and Kelly Show, Ellen, Austin City Limits, and all the award shows, CMA, ACM, CMT, ACA, uh, the GAC and the CMT Specials, and of course the Grammy Awards. And as a member of the production team known as the New Voice Entertainment, Rich is constantly developing new talents such as the Thompson, as Thompson Square, whose first single, Are You Gonna Kiss Me or Not, was the number one single and the most played song on radio in 2011. Rich attended the University of North Texas and toured recorded with the prestigious One O'Clock Lab Band. He was voted Best Country Drummer and Best Clinician by Modern Drummer Magazine in 2010 and Best Country Drummer by Drum Magazine in 2011. Rich now combines his classical training and street smarts musicianship to bring his passion-filled drumming to the world. How exciting to have him. Uh, please help us welcome Rich Redman. Wow, that's and a Rich, mouthful. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, guys. Well, Rich, I told Andrea to cut that back because we actually wanted to have a conversation with you during this show, too. So so, sorry we didn't uh, list all 400 musicians that you've worked with. Oh, my God, that's crazy. 
And uh, you have 20 number one hits, if I recall, and uh, you were the country drummer of the year for 2016 um, by Modern Drummer Magazine. So just this this year. Yeah, exciting stuff. And I'm calling you guys from sunny Los Angeles, but today it's raining. But they they can always use some rain, so. Um. (laughs) Yeah. Well... I would like to have you uh, on the program about a year from now, in 2017, uh, December, and I want to read that you are the best drummer in the world for the year 2017. Okay, so can we go for that? Let's go for it. (laughs) So I imagine you're pretty nervous being on a radio show, uh, since your background doesn't allow you to get out out, out very often. (laughs) Oh, man. So I wanted to give uh, Joyce White Nelson a big uh, thank you on the air. She has uh, brought some amazing guests from Perfect Networker, and you are no exception to that. Uh, I did not know you were up to all these great things, so I just wanted to uh, not only acknowledge Joyce, but to give her a chance to say hello and uh, ask you the first question, even uh, share what you've meant to her. Go ahead, Joyce. I love it. Hey, Joyce. Hey, Rich. Hi. Yeah. How are you doing? I think this is just you being on the show is a great example of, you know, our keeping a connection since the Perfect Networker and really exemplifies that power of one because it was one phone call I made to you and you answered it yourself. And from then on, we've continued this relationship. And, and I've always said, like, you had no reason who you were then and what you were doing in 2008. Like, if you read my profile, you could have easily said, hey, who is she? She has nothing to do with my world. Why should I even talk to her? But from that one conversation, which I remember sitting out on my porch and talking to you, we've had so many contacts throughout the throughout these years. And So I really thank you for accepting my invitation to be on this. And, hey, we had a good time in Madison at that show, too. So thank you. Yeah, we well, thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. And, God, we're, we're coming up on, like, almost 10 years of being in each other's lives. And, you're, um, yeah, you're, you're such a consistent networker. I remember having that initial conversation, too. I was out in my car parked in front of a recording studio that I've spent <laughs> so we were thousands of hours of that, you know. I remember that. Very you know, cool. uh, yeah. I know Andrea's been drooling, uh, and I was too when she was reading your bio because all the name dropping of all the amazing people you worked with—that's social media friendly tagging. I mean, this show will probably be heard and seen by millions. I know that you're uh, you're viewed by 380 million people a year, and I told I told Andrea, I said, absolutely no way are we even listing the first million of people that have viewed you per year. So. Those are going to be something we do with a book, okay? We'll just put a book with all 380 million people that view you each year. Is that cool? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> It'll be so an you have some, um, <laughs> There's so many things I want to talk to you about, so let's start with the beginning. Uh, I know you answer this question a lot, but uh, our viewers may not know this. So how did you get into drumming? What kind of difference did that make in your life? Yeah. Um, yeah, I tell everybody this, the same joke, but I, you know, I've been playing drums since dinosaurs roamed the earth, you know, but <laughs> I had to, you know, check my sundial to go to my drum lesson and dodge a T-Rex. It, you know, I basically was playing in 19, I think 1976, 1977. I was, you know, six, seven years old. It was a long, long time ago. So I've been playing drums for like 38, 39 years. And it's been amazing. It's put food on my table. I've never missed a meal. Of course, there were some really hard times. 
And, um, you know, I was persistent. You know, you, I, it's a calling. It was, it was a dream. I, I, think that, I think that people that have those kind of certain, like, artistic skill sets have a calling, you know. So with that <coughs> calling comes, it's a great responsibility. And I've been able to, I see the difference that music can make in people's lives. It changes lives through music education. And, and also, like, I've been to 14 countries playing for the United States. The, the U.S. troops, you know, I've been to crazy places like Bosnia and Croatia and Sarajevo and South Korea and Newfoundland and Ireland and Colombia, you know, and, and you go and they're like, Rich, don't step there, <laughs> you know, that's a mine, don't step there, that's a mine, I mean, you know, I've ridden tanks and like just really cool things that you would never ever, you know, I would have never experienced if I hadn't picked up a drumstick. You know, so I think my dad secretly wanted to be a drummer. My dad was a career accountant for 30 years. He's retired now. He's just, now he's just, I call him a professional golfer. <laughs> he just plays golf all the time, when, and he deserves it. But uh, um, he, he said, Rich, do you want to play the drums? I was like, yeah. So I got a blue sparkle snare drum in 1976, and I got lessons. And then my family moved from Connecticut to El Paso, Texas, you know, for my dad's job. And uh, Texas has an amazing music education program, so I found myself playing in, you know, big 400-piece marching bands and concert bands and symphony orchestras, and I, I played in, you know, Latin Latin jazz bands and rock bands, you know, and I made it through the 80s, you know, with the spandex and the and the hair and all that, and then I, I ended up going to, uh, uh, first to Texas Tech University, I got my bachelor's in music education, and then I ended up going to the University of North Texas, um, which was the first a college to offer a degree in jazz in, in the United States, um, which, <laughs> let's face it, is like having a degree in philosophy. But anyways, <laughs> I ended up getting another degree in music education, and that was kind of my fall pl- fallback back plan was to be a, be an educator. You know, I've I've always been a teacher, and I'll always be a teacher. I have a teacher's heart, but. Um, yeah, I just wanted to play. I wanted to play full-time, and to do that, I had to move to either a New York or Los Angeles or a Nashville. And Nashville called me in 1997, and March of this coming year will be 20 years in Nashville. So it's been great. So at age six, your dad was uh, obviously encouraging you by buying your first drum set, I'm guessing? Oh, yeah. Well, it started with a blue sparkle snare drum, a practice pad, and then a blue sparkle snare drum, and then I added a, uh, a little kick drum and a little cymbal. And, you know, I was playing along to Kiss Records and Queen Records, and, you know, then you'd start joining your first band, a lot of garage bands, and, you know, before you know it, uh, you know, your dad is taking you to gigs, and then you learn how to drive, and you get the beater car, the beater truck, and, <laughs> you know, I was, uh, you know, doing weddings and bar mitzvahs and, you know, kicking jokes for comedians and playing supermarket grand openings and uh, and pool parties and weddings and, you know, doing tribute shows, wearing giant, you know, I'd throw on an afro and, and be in a disco band or, <laughs> you know, it's just fun stuff. I mean, music is just such a special place. And um, it's been a it's been a platform for me to do all these other interesting things that I that I'm doing now as well. So. Well, I love the fact. I love the fact that as you're sharing this, I can I can see the smile on your face. Uh, you exude so much energy and passion in your voice, and uh, you, you sound like the funnest person to work with. You're certainly a joy to have on this show, and, and we're just starting. But um, what? Who was the the music artist that inspired you to say, "Hey, I, this is what I want to do. This is my calling." Oh man, that's a great question. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, my first musical um, thing that I had was Elton John's Greatest Hits, Volume One, on eight track, and 
the uh, Star Wars theme theme uh, soundtrack on eight track, and then. <laughs> For our young viewers out there who don't even know what a long playing record is or a <laughs> CD or a CD, this was long before that. Uh, but no, I was so I was really into you know Elton John and the the band. So the the bands I tell my students are the Rolling Stones, the Beatles, uh, the Who, and the Led Zeppelin. And you listen to all the the bands. And then in 1983, uh, the Police came out with a record called Synchronicity. And everybody was watching MTV every day, and I was in love with Martha Quinn. She was a sexy VJ on the hair video disc jockey. And, uh, and also in 1984, the Van Halen came out with a record called 1984. And then that was it. And I said, this is what I'm going to do with my life. And that's when I started practicing very methodically before school every day, during class, at lunch, after school. I was putting my 10,000 hours so when people like Malcolm Gladwell talk about the 10,000 hours, I, I'm like, dude, I did that before high school. Got, you know, I got out of high school and then I really got serious. And when I went to college, you know, and you're, you know, you got to pass algebra and, and, you know, in American history and all that stuff. But I was practicing. I practiced and practiced and practiced. And that was a good thing about going to school in Lubbock, Texas. There was nothing to do <laughs> in Lubbock, Texas <laughs> except practice. Well, I was just about to ask you about Malcolm Gladwell and Outliers because it's obvious if you poured your heart into this and this is your calling that you would far have exceeded ten thousand hours. And I was going to say, I was going to say, there's you probably agree with the truth that you become an expert when you put that kind of time in. Definitely, yeah, yeah. When I do my little um, motivational speaking events, I say, you know, um, it was is Bill Gates an expert? Did he put in his ten thousand hours? You better believe it. Is Liberace an expert? Did he put his ten- easily you know 10,000 hours is easy um with a lot of and 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 for for me you know with music it's it could be 10,000 hours alone in a room just getting your skill set together you know and I was in a dark bedroom just like working on my skill set and then the real work happens when you start playing on stage with other musicians because music is one of our highest forms of communication it's it really is a gift from whatever you view your higher power it's like one of our highest forms of expression and it happens when people communicate with each other. It's not a solo effort. It happens. So when people ask me about the importance of music education and why music needs to stay in the schools, I say it's just as important as, as, as athletics because people learn about um, persistence, determination, time management, being accountable, and then, of course, teamwork. You know, so... Um, yeah. Well, and, and creativity and mathematics on top of it. All that stuff. Yeah. Did did you watch the movie Whiplash? Yeah, and I think Whiplash was loosely based on music programs like the University of North Texas, which is the the music program is a direct it's a mirror of what the actual music business is like, which is uh a dark, cruel, every man for himself kind of business. It really is show business is so tough. You're a piece of meat, you know. I mean, I moved to Nashville in 1997. I, I quickly met um, two individuals that are my like my best friends, and we see each other probably 360 days a year, and have traveled the world together, and we've survived almost five presidencies, and ex-wives, and clothing styles, and hairstyles, and we're still playing together. And so, thank God, I was able to kind of like navigate those dark and murky waters 
with two other people that had my back, you know. Um, so I would always recommend that, you know, find some people, find, find some birds of a feather, whatever you're trying to do. Um, and, and it'll kind of like cushion the blow and you can have people that you can kind of lean on for support so you don't quit. A lot of people that I moved with, you know, to Nashville in 1997, people that I met didn't survive, man. They left. They went back to Des Moines, Iowa and, you know, Fargo, North Dakota. And they said, I, did, I ain't doing this, you know, with my life. And, uh, I just, I just never had, I just knew that I, I fell in love with rejection. I love rejection inspires me. You got to be willing to knock on doors. And, and have doors slammed in your face, and there's going to be road bumps, there's going to be, you know, it, it's going to happen. And you just have to go, you know what, I just have to keep moving forward, no matter what, you know? Well, I agree with you. I think, I think that 90% of people quit that quote-unquote uh, passion that they think they have, but it wouldn't be truly a passion if they're not going to give it three to five years to really explore, learn from, go through the rejection phase. I mean, it... This is my fifth year of the Umbrella Syndicate, and I can tell you I'm as passionate as when I started because I'm learning every day how to make it better, how to have a bigger impact. Perfect Networkers, same example. I mean, I could have folded that after three months, never met you, never met Joyce. I mean, all these people, but I, I was passionate about social media. I was passionate about the the new wave. I mean, you think about it. Social media back in 2008, that was such a new form of communicating. It was misunderstood, but it was I could sense the power in it. Right then, I mean, back in 2006, I could sense the power in it. So, yeah, it's, it's so I, I commend you and, and I agree with you for sharing that you you watch so many people leave, but those people that left, they really weren't serious about it. And I I, I met a woman who was in her 60s, and <clears throat> she said something that I, I think I, I it's one of my favorite quotes now. She says, "Anything you want in the world, anything you want in the world, you can have it." And I said, okay, but what if you don't have it? And she goes, then you didn't want it bad enough. Yeah. And so I, you just keep going yeah. until you get it. Yeah, success starts in the mind. Success is a mindset. And, um, it, you know, your, your, your brain is ascending and receiving station, you know. And if you don't like what's happening in your life, you've got to switch the channel. You've got to change the channel and start thinking about the things that you really, really want. So, like, in 19... 19- 97, when I moved to Nashville, I wrote down on a piece of paper, I will be a top call recording and touring drummer based in Nashville. And I, I got exactly what I asked for. Maybe I should have been more specific. Maybe I should have said, I will own a house overlooking the Pacific Ocean in Malibu, California. Maybe I should have <laughs> asked for that. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, you reap what you sow, and it starts, um, it, it starts in the mind, you know? Well, I was I was so happy to hear from Joyce that she'd been following you and that you're doing all this amazing stuff. I'd like to move into before the end of the break, which we still have about five or so minutes, uh, about what you're doing. About uh, you're writing books now. You're uh, working with kids, and you're. It, it sounds like you're very involved in community and philanthropic. Can you share some of that? Sure. Um, well, I wrote a book uh, that was published by Modern Drummer and distributed by Hal Leonard. It's called Fun. F-U-N, Fundamentals of Drumming for Kids, and it's basically just a training system for young children ages 5 to 10 to, to learn to drum. So there's flashcards, and they, and, and they learn about um, the parts of the drum set, the history of the drums, famous drummers. They learn to read music, and there's beats. They, they're playing beats that they heard in their mommy's belly when they were you know, about to come out to the world, and, and it's fun. It's just the kind of introduction to drumming. 
and I'm working now. I'm working on a, um, a basically a self help motivation title um, for the masses, kind of like in the in the spirit of Chicken Soup for the Soul, where I'm planning on having the title book, which would be called I Crash Course success and crash is an acronym and it stands for commitment relationships attitude skill and hunger and so these are five um concepts that any person from any walk of life in any season of their life can use to attract more success to their life so i would like to have that as the title and then i'll have crash course of success in love crash course of success in the classroom crash course of success in business and I, so that's kind of what i'm kind of working on hopefully i can get that out by summer and then I'm working on a book on how to navigate the Nashville music business. It's called Nashville. Now what? <laughs> so when you move to Nashville, what happens? <laughs> well, you just pick up, you know, pick up the book, and I'm hopefully can shave five years off your, off of your journey. And I have co-authors for that because I'm not stupid. I'm so busy. I would, I have co-authors for everything because they help me get things over the finish line, and I would rather have the product out and <laughs> then be going. Yeah, it's my tenth year, and I'm still working on this book because that was exactly what it. <laughs> What would happen? Um, and then, yeah, you know, I, you know, I, I host events. You know, I, I'm an MC. I'm very involved in breast cancer research. I work for um, this uh, a, a cause called uh, Breast Cancer Can Stick It, where the greatest drummers in the world get together and we raise money for breast cancer research. My mom is a 24 year survivor of breast cancer, and uh, you know, the artist that I tour with, Jason Aldini, is also that's also his cause. So. God, we've raised millions and millions of dollars over the last decade for breast cancer research. So, yeah, I'm just trying to be busy, and I do motivational speaking events um, based on the crash concept. And so I speak to, you know, Fortune 500 companies like Cisco and Johnson & Johnson and Hewlett Packard, and I do keynotes for, like, high school graduations, and um, that's, really, that's really, really fun. And now I'm out here in Los Angeles, and my new midlife focus um, for the next 20 years is to be a host and on-screen actor and a voiceover artist. So I'm chasing all those things now, which is very, very fun. You are staying very busy, and uh, I applaud you for getting uh, co-authors and getting partners for uh, book projects, because obviously that list you had, there's only so many hours in a day, and you, uh, you have a lot of things you want to get done. So who's your partner for publishing? Who publishes your books? Great question. I um, the first book is was published by is Modern Drummer, which is the, the which is the world's most widely read drum magazine, and it's distributed by a company called Hal Leonard. And there's two big music publishers, Hal Leonard and Alfred Publishing, that that uh, publish all you know kind of music centric um, titles. <clears throat> but I I don't have a publisher for those next two books, and I really really would like to go with a non music. Brand and and I I haven't really started the process, but I think it would be really nice to be, I don't know, with like maybe Tony Robbins's people or Hey the Hay House people or I don't know if you have, if you have any suggestions. They not, we're not at that point yet, but uh, that's that's kind of like so the the mystery. Like how do you get a publishing deal and where is the best place to you know to have your books published? It's 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 a it's a mur- they're murky waters. <laughs> It, they're very murky waters because most publishers are printers, and most publishers also, unfortunately, are not marketers or social media uh, gurus or experts. And the concern there is if they're not doing it for themselves, how can they do it for you? So I, I look forward to having an offline conversation with you because I've, I've really studied the publishing world, and I go to all the uh, national publishing events, Author 101, yeah. get published. And so if you're doing all these book projects, I would love to... Uh, help yeah. you uh, either by advising you or by 
uh, is showing you how to create a campaign that's social proof. The, the thing that you've done so effectively that you need to do with your books is you've shown in, on your website, you've shown when you look at the website and it says picture it, you have all the pictures of all the stadiums you've played. That's a social proof campaign and you've created it yourself, but you were smart enough to know that whenever you're doing something big in the world, why not prove it? And when you prove it, you have social proof that sells you so you don't have to sell yourself anymore. Well, a book is the same way. If your book is showing up in the right people's hands, it's at the right events, and you're getting all these yeah. third-party endorsements and reviews, that's what we focus on. Whether it's a book or it's an event or it's an author, leader, speaker, whatever it is, social proof is the game. And since you're entering that uh, in, a, in a very big way with a series, that, that is just awesome. And I, and I love the acronym crash and it, it's you. gonna it's, yeah you and, and you're so right about the hunger the hunger is the the big underlying piece because you meet so many people that say i want money or i want this or i want that and but they're not hungry if they were hungry they'd be doing it and that's the action piece yeah. of it yeah totally oh i appreciate it like every part of crash is a is you can use to be successful but they're not mutually exclusive you've got to use them together and, and the synergy that comes from using all those things together is the secret ingredient but uh I'm having a great time writing the book, and I, I, I hope it can go to a mass audience and you know, some change, you know, change some lives. I know that the the events are very effective, so to have a a, a printed version of of the platform and the concept is going to be very satisfying. And again, what was the first crash book uh, focus? Um, that's gonna. The, I think that's just gonna be kind of like my chicken soup for the soul. It just kind of like is broad. Like it's here's a broad pastiche of what this thing is and how I've used it in my life and how you can use it in your life. Can you give an example? Sure. Um, like commitment, uh, you know, you have, you have to, all of my ex-wives have said I should be committed, but that's a whole other podcast. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you have to have a commitment to your craft or to your friends or to your family or to your customer or to your product. Um, relationships in life are crucial. They are everything. Everything that I do in the entertainment business is not, it's not contract-based. It's all based on firm handshakes, looking people in the eye, and, and, and creating you know, lifelong, sincere, mutually beneficial relationships. And attitude. Why do motivational speakers focus so much on attitude? Because I feel like it's 99% of life. It truly is. Enthusiasm is contagious. If you walk into a room and you're wearing Italian shoes and a designer coat and a Swiss watch and, you're, and somebody's parking your German car, those are really great. It's a great way to break the ice. But people are not going to remember that about you. They're going to remember your attitude and how you made them feel and the experience they had around being around you. And skills. I talk about the skill set people need to be successful in their chosen field and how it's not enough to our skill set is never sharp enough. Every day is a new day to make our skill set sharper and to learn new skill sets and to not let the, you know, um, you know, to stay ripe and to do that, you just have to throw yourself in the deep end of the pool sometimes. And that's why at 46 years old, I'm out here in Los Angeles doing one of the most difficult things that a person can ever attempt to do. And I love it. And hunger is, is that, is that, that piece that binds it all together. Having that fire that burns in your belly to be successful and keep those flames stoked and having that hunger to do what you want to do, get out of bed every day and do that thing. Um, that's it, man. That is the crash concept for success. And I didn't know I was doing those things. I was, it's not like I developed the, the concept at five years old and said, I'm going to use this for the next 40 years. It's just was, it's a byproduct of the way I've lived my life. 
Well, it's totally cool, Rich. I want uh, people to know how to get a hold of you. Can you share how the best way to reach you? Sure. Um, every, all my friends make fun of me. They're like, well, so you have 13 websites. Right? I was like, no, I have four websites. Um, <laughs> so you were mentioning CrashCourseForSuccess.com. That's all the information you would ever want about um, my crash concept and booking me to speak at your uh, next event or community gathering. And, of course, Rich Redmond, R-E-D-M-O-N-D.com is a great landing place just all the different things that I've done. There's discography. You can go on there and you can listen to some of the music that I've recorded over the years. There's video on there. Um, and then I have richapps.com, which is really fun. It's got all my headshots, my resume. It's got um, four short films that I co-wrote, produced, uh, co-produced, uh, funded, and acted in all this year in 2016. And then I have a training system for drummers called drumminginthemodernworld.com. And it's a digital product which has over six hours of high-quality audio and video um, training to be the best drummer you could possibly be and navigate the music business. And I'm, all, I'm on all the socials. I have my YouTube channel, which is Rich Redmond on YouTube, and then on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as Rich Redmond. Awesome. Well, you are doing a great job in the first segment. Can't wait for the second segment to start, so we're going to take a break for two minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network the umbrella syndicate amplifies good causes good people and good messages they offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure through working with the umbrella syndicate you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week they have recently reached over 20,000 followers on facebook You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash The Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at umbrellasyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. All right, we are back with Amplified. Rich, hit it. Hit it, boom, chicken, boom, bah. <laughs> well, that's pretty good. I got to say, without drumsticks, the guy can even play. So that is awesome. Um, <laughs> I, I want to start off by asking you, we're going to go, I guess, from the hard stuff to the fun and easy stuff. So what is the hardest thing you had to overcome to, to get where you are in life and, and to be a leader? 
I think it's just surviving the music business. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a shallow, crazy place. And they say, oh, how do you make a million dollars in the music business? You start with two. So, but uh, yeah, it's just uh, <laughs> you know, staying on task and staying focused. And I think that's for any business, any career track or any interest in life is just staying on track and moving forward every single day, no matter what. And there are bad days, and you just got to get up and, 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 and wipe the dust off and keep moving forward. And was there uh, a book or two that you read that uh, helped guide you? I've read all of the Tony Robbins books. I've read all of the Napoleon Hill books. I loved Rhonda Burns' The Secret because it's kind of like the law of attraction. For, it's like the law of attraction for dummies. It's like the Cliff Notes, you know. Um, that was <laughs> that was a really really fun, effective book. I and it came with a DVD, and I and I got up every morning for like a month straight, and I watched that every single morning. So uh, that was very very helpful. So it it appears that you are a, a big fan of motivational self help. Uh, materials it's definitely always the largest section in the if you ever go to a real bookstore they're dying off but it's always the biggest section of the bookstore because we as human beings are so flawed and so needy we need help and uh somebody's always got some advice to give and i just i've just always been a fan of studying you know the greats especially like napoleon hill and zig ziglar and tony robbins and and uh, you know when people say hey what is your your motivational event about like i don't understand it like if there's drums i like i say well just imagine if you took keith moon the drummer from the who and tony robbins and jerry lewis the comedian you put them in a blender that's what my event is all about it's it's edutainment it's 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 uh, uh, informative useful information presented in a highly entertaining way. And so, uh, yeah. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> totally get it. Okay. And so, uh, what is, who was the mentor of yours that inspired you? You'd mentioned Tony Robbins. Were there any others? Oh, it would probably be real people in real life. I've always had great drum teachers. My first drum teacher was, uh, a guy named Jack Berge in, in, in Milford, Connecticut. And then I had a guy named Byron Mutnick in El Paso, Texas, Ricky Malachi, Henry Vega, Larry White, all amazing teachers in El Paso, Texas. And then when I was in college there, my teachers were a guy named Alan Shin at Texas Tech <coughs> University. And then at the University of North Texas, there was um, Ron Fink, Ed Sove, Henry Oxtell, and Robert Chitoma. These were all like, uh, you know, real-life human beings that uh, were doing it. And then when I got to Nashville, I sought out the people that were doing exactly what I wanted to do. And I didn't follow them around like a puppy. Like, there's a lot of, it's, it's very interesting. I, I find that a lot of millennials, they're so fearless. They're so brave. They'll just immediately ask for your number. They'll immediately ask to follow you, me around to recording sessions or even come on the road with me. Or And I never really did that. I was always, I don't know, I was super respectful. Or maybe I had a, like a, a mindset that was like, you know what? I don't need to do this because I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And it may take way longer, but I'm going to do it on my own. But I did get the correct information. I would go out, and if somebody was doing something I wanted to do, I would find out how they got from point A to point B and, and what tricks or techniques they were using to, to achieve their success. And, and uh, you model it, and then it comes out and manifests in a different way because we're all so unique. You know, we're like snowflakes. You know, I was thinking about uh, your, your love for self-help, and it was uh, triggering a memory of mine of uh, Stephen Wright, who has probably the driest sense of humor on the planet. Yeah. And, and he, he has a joke that it was, uh, uh, I went to a bookstore and asked a saleswoman, where's the self-help section? And she said, if she told me, it would defeat the purpose. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yeah. And, and that triggered that because I, I just wrote a book called The No-Nonsense Book, and I, and I just got my books in the mail from uh, 
from the, the UPS store. And so I'll have to mail you a copy of that since you, you seem to like humor. You, you, it's either that you like to laugh or you, or you like humor or both. I can't figure out which I, the combination is. Yeah. yeah, I mean, laughter is the, <laughs> the greatest medicine in the world. It's the, great, the best ab workout in the world, really, and it's, and it's so fun, you know. And, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan, and I'm a big fan of, the, of the, the situation comedy. I always have been since the 70s. You've got, you know, 22 minutes, and there's a problem, and you solve it, and in the middle, hilarity ensues. So that's actually, like, my secret career fantasy is to be a sitcom actor. Oh, I'm actually We should do one. I'm actually working on it. <laughs> Well, I'd like to I'd like to throw a challenge at you since we're uh, in 2017 and moving forward in 2017. I want us to do an exercise. Thanks to Joyce Nelson is when you do something that's philanthropic, a cause to help raise money and awareness. I want you to introduce us to the event host. So as a social media and PR company that Andrea and I can help get the buzz about the photos and the event to happen at the largest possible scale. I, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but we have 40,000 uh, post engagement a week or in a slow week and are in a really busy week. It, all, it goes up to about 80,000. So uh, our, our goal is to help people like you and the causes that you serve and get to the six figure level, because it's kind of funny if you help give us events that need more publicity and that publicity helps us go to 100,000. We just helped you, we just helped the cause, and we just helped ourselves at the same time. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I was checking out the Umbrella Syndicates. You guys do a lot, a lot of services you provide. It's very, very, very cool. And, you know, I, got, I have so many interests. I, I feel like I'm deep down I'm a marketer. You know, I mean, I got really involved with uh, uh, MySpace very, very early on. I was an early adopter of that. And then as soon as Facebook opened from college kids to the public in 2007, I was on that sucker. And it's just such a free, cost-effective, easy way to create a brand for yourself, and, and I still use it every day, and it's just like, you know, for those of us that have been using it for a decade, it's part of your day. You get up and you just, you know, you just find those people that have any interest at all in what you're having for breakfast or what you're going to do that day, and they are out there. You just have to find, you just have to find <laughs> them, but no, I think a good fit for you guys would be probably or maybe the next Breast Cancer Can Stick It event. And um, I do two educational events a year for drummers. They're called Drum My Drummers Weekends. And I do one in Nashville in the fall, and I do one early to mid-year in Los Angeles. And I basically invite all my famous drummer friends from, you know, and from the biggest bands in the world, you know, like Billy Joel's drummer or John Mellencamp's drummer or the drummer with Korn, you know, just huge, Keith Urban. And, they, and, and, and my campers come, and it's just a white glove treatment. They get to not only learn from the best drummers in the world, but they get to break bread with them, and they ride around the limo, and it's a hotel package, and it's just a fun 72-hour uh, drumming education event. So that would be great to have you guys involved in something like that, too. Super cool. Are you going to the Grammys? Awesome. I'm going to go to the Grammys. Grammys. Yeah, we, we, we played it years ago when we, uh, we did that. We had a duet with uh, it was, uh, Jason Aldean and Kelly Clarkson had a number one song. And we played that, and talk about the whole song starts with me playing a shaker, and I was playing a shaker like in front of like sixty million people, and your palms are sweating, and it's like, don't drop the shaker in front of sixty million people, <laughs> you know, which is pretty crazy. But no, I'm gonna go, and I'm, gonna, and you know, who knows? Maybe I can go to some of the gifting suites, and you know, get some, uh, you know, get, I don't know, get a Gucci bag or something. Who knows? <laughs> well, There's Andrea and I will nice be at a, uh, at a Grammys. Uh, uh, party about an eight-tenths of a mile from the Grammys, so maybe there's a way we can connect some way before, during, or after the event. Sure, That'd sure. I'll, I'm, I'm planning on being out here uh, 
before Remy's and after the Grammy. So, yeah, perfect. Yeah. You got my number? So I have a couple more questions for you, and then we're going to go around Robin because I can tell the, the uh, my co-host and Joyce are just dying to ask some questions as well. So for, uh, kind of round out our, our conversation Social media, uh, perfect networker, possibly specifically, but uh, what did anything else come out of being on the perfect networker platform that you recall um, that helped catapult your career or make good connections? Um, I think just that consistency of using the consistency of using social media to let uh, effectively let a, a large number of people know what you are doing. Like I said, there's a for even if you just create a widget, if you have a product or a service, there's 100,000 people out there that will in the world that will buy into your, on average. And you just have right. to find those people, and you have to do it by being consistent and being, being smart about things. And, and networking, you know, it does get a, it gets a for whatever reason, it, it's a little bit, sometimes it has a negative connotation, or some people are like, oh, I don't like that, I don't, like, I don't have that personality, or I just don't like to... <clears throat> I say, you know what? Everything in life is about people and the interaction of people and their human condition, the relationships that you forge in life. And it gets so difficult to keep up with your network as it grows. But it's just something, you, you know, you, you, I make a conscious effort to like, oh my God, I haven't reached out to that person forever. I really need to do that. And I love coffee, so it's just another reason to sit around, light a candle, um, <laughs> sit, on your, sit on my couch that I never get to see because I'm always on a moving bus or an airplane and just reach out to people and catch up with them. And, and it's, it's always going to be that way. So for the people that, that are listening to the show that are new to networking, you just realize that, that it does work, especially if you do it in a sincere and honest way. And the best networking comes from forging mutually beneficial relationships and not expecting anything from the other person ever. If you're just in a giving mode, like if you make everything in life about the other person and providing something that to make their life better, it's going to come back to you a million times. So, um, agreed. And I was, I, I was just going to say, I was going to say that if you don't like sales and you don't like networking, you may have the wrong mindset and you may be doing it incorrectly because, when it comes down to it, they're both the same as far as giving value. If you're solving people's problems and you're giving value, then you've just made someone's life better. Absolutely. And how about social media? How much has social media changed your, your life and your career? Uh, you know, I was an early adopter of it in Nashville. Nashville's a little bit, it's a very, it's not like New York or Los Angeles. It's definitely a little bit more of a laid-back southern thing where things happen much slower. And so to have a sideman musician like myself, a sideman is meaning, meaning like I'm not the drummer in U2. I don't have a democratic say in what the other three members of U2 do. I'm, I'm hired to be on that stage and execute no matter what, no matter if I have a stomach ache or if I'm jet lagged or I have to go up there and I got to do the same thing every night because I'm being paid to do that. Um, I, that's what a sideman does. And so for a sideman musician based in Nashville to aggressively promote their own brand, and everybody deserves to have their own brand and have their name in lights. And I just, I just jumped on board with that a long time ago. I guess it's been a decade of just methodically and consistently, which is the most important thing with social media, and, and putting out posts that that do provide value and can make a difference in people's lives. So most of my posts have to do with music, so people can like learn from either my mistakes or, or, and or victories and maybe shave five years off of their 
pursuit of that thing, or that has to do with a motivation. So music and motivation. And now that I'm doing some of these other things, it's really fun. So if I'm on set or if I'm auditioning for a Samsung Galaxy commercial or if I'm working on a new script, or that's, those are all more fun and interesting things I could pepper in there besides just the drums. You know? So I'm having a ball with it. I really am. Well, we are going to go to the round robin as promised. Andrea, would you like to ask the first question? Yeah, I, I would love that. <clears throat> so, um, first of all, you made me very excited when you said the shaker. That is the one instrument I know how to play. So thank you very much for giving kudos to that. So my, my, I'm so excited. My first question is about, all right, so I know, I've read how awesome you are with the crew. So tell me what crew member is the most important to you um, as far as making sure that everything works right for you. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> well, my right-hand man is a guy named John Hall, and we've, we've been, like, besties for, I think, five, go maybe yeah, five, five years now. Um, and he's my drum tech. So, basically, the drum tech oh. is the guy that has to get up early, you know, he has to get up earlier than me if I choose to sleep in on the road. He's got to get up. The cases are coming off the 18-wheeler. He opens up the cases. He maintains the drums, not only the way they sound, but, the, but you know, he cleans them. If we need parts, he orders them. He's got to set them up exactly the same way every day, and he sound checks them through all the microphones and everything. And then during the show, he's the, he's the guy that he's glued, his eyes are glued on me in case anything falls apart, or if I run out of water, or if I need another sweat towel, or God forbid, on the Burning It Down tour, um, I literally, there was all these fire pots on stage. We had pyro, so it was like 120 degrees on stage so here I am playing drums like doing a 90 minute yoga workout hot yoga workout and the drum riser caught on fire and I happened to be you know 15 feet in the air I had a movable drum riser so it was 15 feet in the air and the edge of the drum riser was on fire and and so they I was like John <laughs> and so they pulled me down and they put that fire out it was like and I I, knew, I wasn't screaming too much or anything I was just kind of like looking at him like are you going to put this fire out because uh, I'm kind of busy right now <laughs> But we have oh a great gosh, time. We worked, we worked together on and off the road, and, and, and John engineers at my home studio. I have a studio in my house um, where I record drums for musical artists all over the world, and I just send them the files via the Internet. So the Internet has changed all that, so John and I work there as well. So we see each other a lot. He's a fantastic guy, and I still haven't bought him a Christmas present. So I think it's going to be more like a New Year's Eve present. <laughs> and what's John's last name? John Hall. It's uh, J-O-N-H-U-L-L. Great guy. But we have an amazing crew with, out on the road with, with Jason Aldean, like guys that are just, you know, the, the best in their field of what they do. They all get along. And uh, that's that's 99% of touring is getting along with everybody because your musical ability is is an expectation. But what makes a difference is, is how you interact with other people because it's 23 hours together on, on a moving bus and in airports. and So you got to get along. All right, Joyce, awesome. your turn. Oh, so Rich, you talked about a teacher's heart. What is that? A teacher's heart is just having someone who not only has the ability to effectively communicate, but has um, the desire to do that. And most people, um, there's a lot of people out there that just don't want to share their hard-earned information because they feel like if they expose their gifts or their trade secrets, then they will be put out of business, and it's exactly the opposite. I am completely transparent. I let everybody know, like, look, I use, I use a drum set that is 
you can buy at the store. It's right off the shelf. And this is what I do here, and this is what I do here, and this is how I got from here to here. And, oh, you need anybody in my Rolodex, I'll give you that information. Because, because that's what you have to do. You have to give it away in order to keep it. And so that's just a big mm-hmm. part of my day is just sharing with people. You know, if they have a similar interest, and they, I remember that feeling of being you know, 15 and having that drum set and stars in my eyes. Or I also remember that feeling of moving to Nashville and having no money saved and didn't know how I was going to make a living and having to work day jobs. And, you know, cause I parked cars and I, you know, I was a waiter and I substitute kinder. I was a kindergarten teacher. It was, and then I played at night. So anything I can do to help people, you know, manifest their, their, their dreams. I'm, I'm, I'm in. All right, so here's a uh, possibly a tough question for you. Aside from yourself, who's the best drummer in the world and who's the runner-up? Well, you know, the thing, the, the term best, it, it gets thrown around so much. I mean, there's a, there's a guy in a band called uh, Rush, and his name is Neil Peart, and um, everybody seems to throw his name around a lot because that band was just so popular, and their music is a, is a perfect vehicle for just a lot of drums. But there's so many amazing drummers in the world, but my, you know, my influences were guys like Stuart Copeland from The Police, Alex Van Halen, um, Gene Krupa, who was a household name for 30 years, Housewives. I just loved him because he played um, this song called Sing Sing Sing. It was like doom, 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 doom. it was like this jungle beat, and he was this really charismatic Italian guy. And all the housewives loved this guy until Ringo came across the pond and knocked him off his throne. And then everybody wanted to go out and buy a Ludwig drum set, and Ludwig couldn't keep up with the demand mm-hmm. for drum sets because everybody watched Ringo on the Ed Sullivan Show. 1964, and they wanted to be a drummer. Um, but every drummer in the world that I've seen play the instrument, whether they're good or bad, has influenced me. And I take something from everyone. Because they say good composers borrow, but great composers steal. So I just have steal and steal and steal. So to me, there's no best drummer in the world. It's the fastest or the, you know, it's just, it comes about down to their humanity and how they play the music that they're presented with. And, um, God, there's a lot of great drummers out there in the world. But those are my favorites. The Stuart Copeland, the Alex Van Halen, the, the Keith Moons, the Charlie Watts from the Rolling Stone, Ringo. And, you know, and I'll probably see a kid playing a club tonight here in Los Angeles and fall in love with drumming. So <laughs> they're everywhere, you know. Yeah. All right, Andrea, next question. All right. So in one word, what is the number one responsibility of a drummer on stage? Time. So I would say time, you know, like you have to keep the time and honor the time. But at the same, another word could be energy because the drummer is so responsible for setting the tone, the mood, the pacing, the whole spirit of everything. And I've seen, I can, I've seen um, a a really bad drummer or, or just a mediocre drummer really just like take a really great band and just, you know, and a good drummer can really just lift up a mediocre band and make them sound like, you know, world-class musicians. It really is. The icebreaker. It, it, it is. It's the one instrument that can make or break a band. Awesome. Totally agree. Joyce. Rich, we really hear what what we hear in your energy in this interview. But you mentioned snowflakes. So, what's unique about you in your snowflake? Oh wow, God, Joyce, you are so um, deep, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I love this, and I even had I haven't had my coffee yet. Tell me your snowflake. Uh, uh, unique. 
I, I think that, yeah, I think it does come down to energy. My mom is supposedly is retired, and no one believed that she would ever do it. And now she's, like, in the pottery club and the bookmaking club and the line dancing club, and then she throws parties. And, she, you know, she just has this in restless energy, and she's very hungry for knowledge and experiences in life. You know, my dad, too, but my dad will be asleep before my mom is, like, she's still going. And I got kind of got that from her. So I think it's just having a commitment to whatever... Whatever I'm doing at that particular time, I make that the most important thing. I focus on that thing, and I just try to make life about experiences and, you know, pleasurable experiences mm-hmm. because life is just a collection of experiences. So if we're yeah. having just amazing experience, one amazing experience after another, you put that all together, you're going to have a hell of a life, you know. So I think it's just a commitment to my craft and to people and to making people. each. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's a commitment to people more than anything because you can't make music without people. Mm-hmm. Great. So for tw- 2017, what's the thing you're going to be doing that you've never done before? Well, my, uh, you know, my goals, um, uh, my goals as, as an actor, as I made, I, I, I've invested so much money into my acting career this year because you have to have the tools. You have to work on your skill set, but you have to have tools to market yourself. And I've made... I've made one hundred and fifty dollars <laughs> in two thousand and sixteen as an actor, but there's an eighty five percent unemployment rate for actors so i'm ho- I'm hoping very 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 uh, I'm working towards being more of a consistent working actor in two thousand and seventeen I'd like to be in more projects that I produce myself that's a no brainer but I would like to be paid by other people to do it as well so I'm, that's the focus that was the horror film that was the uh I guess Colonel Payton or something like that. Oh yeah, no. There's a there's a movie coming out very soon. It's in the editing bay called Reawakened, and it had like a a totally pro cast, and I was the only you know non. Everybody had done tons of stuff, and when I was on set, we filmed it last July. Everyone was like, "Hey man, you know what, what's your next project? What are you working on?" I was like, "Dude, I'm a drummer. I just got off. The, I just got off the plane. I had a two day break in my tour, and I'm here to, to to knock out my scenes as Lieutenant Paxton. Give me that gun." And um, it was so fun. All the all the actors were so supportive. They're like, "Dude, you need to be doing this all the time." And then I was like, "You know, I've always had a kind of a love affair, a secret love affair, with this idea of doing it." So for the last um, year and a half, I've been training and working and marketing myself to for, with this new skill set, and it's so fun, so fun. Andrea, all right. So I'm going to uh, say a series of things, and I only want your answer to be good, better, or best. So Twitter? Uh, good. Facebook? Better. LinkedIn? Good. Awesome. That was deep. Instagram. You want to talk about deep. Best. That was really deep. <laughs> oh, Instagram, is that the best? Is Instagram think- best? I think Instagram would be the best because people are like, look at pretty picture. Look at picture. It's so effective. You know, it, just, it, it, just, it just communicates all the millennials are like there. And like people are moving over there because they can say so much with, so, with less. And I know that to grow my motivational speaking business, I need to be on LinkedIn a lot more because there's billions of people on there. And those are the people that are actually the gatekeepers to hire me to speak. I need, I mm-hmm. need to be on LinkedIn more just for whatever reason. It's just not as sexy to me as Facebook. Everybody loves Facebook. You know, Facebook it's so easy, awesome. such an easy platform to use, you know, choice. Okay. Yes. 
When you're in front of any collection of people, if it's drumming, if it's your corporations, you know, crash courses, if it's the kids, what is it that you care about the most in that moment? What I care about most in that moment um, is, 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 is reaching, is, is, is effectively communicating, providing a memorable experience, and hopefully making a difference in that person's life. Hopefully they can take something from my story, my bag of tricks, and they can take it and put it into their bag of tricks. You know, um, and 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 use it to live the life that they want to live. You know, um, and really, when we're so we're in the moment, we're so busy living. Sometimes we just don't we don't know how much of an impact we're having on our fellow man. And occasionally, I'll be doing a drum clinic at like a I don't know a guitar center or something like that, and somebody will come up to me and like, hey, you know. Do you remember me? You know, I met you ten years ago, and you you encouraged me to buy a set of drums. I just want to let hey, you Rich, know, man. Hey, Rich. I'm yeah. sorry to cut you off. We have uh, we have thirty seconds. So, can you tell me yeah. your quote you live by and how people can reach you? Uh, quote to live by. Uh, quote to live by. Um, and shit. Are we? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That is a good one. That is a good one. Uh, I don't know if I got. I don't know if I have one. Uh, I guess I need one. What, what would you guys say? You have a quote. His, you, you have a quote of your own. You treat every gig like it's the last time you're ever going to play. I love that. And you're I, good. You there you go. That. That's Rich's. Thanks. That's Rich's quote. Okay, <laughs> Rich, you, how do people Andrew. reach you in five seconds? Uh, richredmond.com and on all the socials as Rich Redmond. Okay, Rich, you've been amplified. How? What more appropriate than a drummer being amplified and? You are awesome. Uh, look forward to 2017 being a year of collaboration and partnership and uh, making a difference in the world. Thank you so much for being on the show. Look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks so much, Thank everyone. you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. we can't get an encore. Encore. Bye. <laughs> we hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplify. Be sure to join Ken Rashawn again next Tuesday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now... Go get your message heard. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.